morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. We're so happy to be here this morning. We've missed you. Um, if you're new, if this is your first time, uh, Pastor Jason and I are just, this is our first Sunday back after a month of rest and refreshing. Um, and boy, I mean, are you rested and refreshed? You look good. Red, white, and blue. You look good. Um, we've just been blessed. We've got testimonies to share that are going to increase your faith. We've got testimonies to share this morning that's going to stir up your faith. And let me just encourage you this morning. When you feel that stirring, jump in. Don't be afraid to jump in and to trust God. Don't be afraid to take him at his word because he always delivers bigger than what you think. He always delivers on his word. He always makes good on his promises. He never fails. And he has shown himself faithful through the generations. And so when you feel that faith stirring up this morning, jump in, jump in and believe God. It's the job of the believer to believe. It's our number one job. So let me encourage you in that this morning. Okay, guys, stand with me. We're gonna do a call to worship together. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday to our country. I want to read a scripture and say a prayer, and then we'll do the call to worship together. The scripture's out of 2 Chronicles 7. You guys probably know this, but it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And then the Bible goes on to say, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. So I want to say a prayer for our nation this morning on 4th of July. Just bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you that in our nation today, Lord, we are free to worship. We are free to pray. We are free to read your word. We are free to speak. Lord, thank you that we are free to share your goodness and your faithfulness. For this, we are incredibly grateful. Yet we also understand how quickly these freedoms could be taken away. Father, give us increased awareness of the spiritual battle, the spiritual battle that we are in. Help us to stand strong in you and for your purposes. Thank you, Lord, that as believers, we can be assured that you will never leave us. You are always with us in this life and in the next. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your truth that says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. We know that in you alone, true freedom is found. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let's do this call to worship together on the count of three. It's out of Psalms uh, 118. There's three verses, so we'll read all three together. Ready? One, two, three. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. It was, was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So let's rejoice this morning. Let's worship him this morning, for he is good.
worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the hope you've given us. We worship you, Lord. I was reminded of a verse by a very good friend this week that will lead us into communion. This is from Ephesians 1. I'm going to read a just listen to the words. In verse 3 it starts, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. That redemption through his blood is our salvation paid for with his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace his unmerited favor towards us which he made to abound to, toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made, no, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation good news of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory we are sealed with the holy spirit of promise to the day that he comes back and redeems everything. This is such a powerful passage of scripture. And the thing that stands out to me the most, there's a lot of things. We could do a whole series on Ephesians. But it said that having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, God was pleased. The Father was pleased. It was his pleasure to send his son to die for us. And that's a crazy thing to think about. He was pleased. It, it brought him pleasure. Jesus suffered on the cross for our sins, but the joy set before him was so great, he, he wanted to. And a lot of times in life, you know, we, we go through each day and 
we beat ourselves up and we worry and we fear and we wonder why would God ever love me? And I asked that question so many countless times. Anybody with me? Why would God love me? I mean, I know all the things I do and all the things I say and think. And it just comes down to he wanted to. He wanted to. There's, there's no other. He is love and he wanted to. And this communion table that we're going to partake from is him saying, I wanted you. And I want to love you. I don't care about all the things you've done. I want to love you. And he chose us. And it's up to us to then choose him back. Amen. And to partake of this communion, communion table and humble ourselves and receive his love and say, I want to love you too. And I do love you. So as we go to the table, just be thinking about these things and um, then we'll partake together. There's two tables up front and one in the back. Whichever one's closest to you, just make your way to it and then circle back to your seats and we'll partake together. Isn't it so great to just think about and know the blood of Jesus knows no bounds. His blood goes on and on and covers every sin. He knew every one that would ever be committed before he died. So your sin's not too great that he cannot forgive. There's no certain amount of times, but it is your willing heart to come back and draw near to him. So, Father, we come to you right now, and we draw near to you. We thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to us. We thank you, Jesus, for being willing, out of your good pleasure, to lay down your life for us. And for all who would choose you, you predestined all who would choose to follow you, to be your sons, Father, your kings and queens, your children, your family forever. We don't take this lightly, this time with you right now. We don't take it lightly. We thank you that it, that it paid. Jesus, you paid for our deliverance and for our freedom. And we humble ourselves before you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and drink the juice. We love you, Jesus, and it is our good pleasure to worship you and to be with you as a family together. We ask you to lead us and guide us as we continue to worship you and sing to you. 
And as we go forth with the rest of this time together, in Jesus' name, we're going to sing another song, so feel free to come to the front if you'd like. right as I mean just in a couple seconds before church was starting about how it's it's hard for people to receive these days like we as Christians too we feel like we can only receive to the extent that we've earned it's it's honestly it's um it's pervasive in the church and it's it's, a, it's like a slippery thing you know like you don't realize you're believing that but you're like it gets in there it's like um it's like a weed gets in the middle of that beautiful flower and you don't see it till it's kind of like rude. You're like, oh gosh, what is this? Um, and so as we're worshiping, I'm seeing this garden. I'm like, you know, Jesus, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit on the sideline and let you do the work. I'm just gonna sit on the side, put my feet up and I'm gonna rest and I'm gonna trust you and you're gonna come in like the gardener. And I'm seeing it in my mind, you know, and he comes in and I'm sitting there, I'm relaxing and Jesus is doing all the work. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not liking, like this picture doesn't feel quite right. And so as we're worshiping, I begin to see in the corner of the garden, I see two chairs and I, I sense the Lord saying, come and sit with me, come and sit with me and be with me. And as I go and I sit with him, he begins talking to me just about who he is and his love for me. He's not even talking about my garden, you know, and I, you know, up leading up to June, it's not like we didn't spend time with Jesus, but we would be like, come on, Jesus, sit down. I want to talk about that box over there. What do I need to do there? What do I need to do? I, I'm really going to pray into that. And we're going to pull those weeds and, and we're going to hire this person and they're going to take care of that issue. And okay, Lord, let's talk about that box. Let's talk about the kid box over there. What's going on? What's going on with that oldest one? What's she doing? What is she, what do I got to pray about with that one? Oh, nothing. She's good. Okay, let's move on to the second. You know, it's always a second born. And then I'd be like, okay, thanks, Jesus. Moving on. And do you know that where it's at is in the, in the being with him, sitting with him. And he begins, the work begins to be done in the garden of our lives as we sit with him, as we have ears to hear and eyes to see. That was my prayer this morning as I was worshiping. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear 
you know, Jesus walked and he spoke all these words and so many people didn't have any clue what he was talking about. They didn't understand him. They didn't have ears to hear and eyes to see who he really was. And there was great division among the people. Read over and over again, at least three times in the book of John. And there was great division among the people. So this morning, I want you to understand that you are to receive his love for you. This isn't about how well you've done. This isn't about the mess you've made. Sit with him. Trust him. It's not about what you've done. You know, any attempts we make to add to our salvation are putrid. They reek. They just, they just dirty what he's done. It's so hard. I, I'm, I implore you this morning to trust in him, the finished work of the cross, the body and blood of Jesus. We don't sit and put our feet up and do nothing, but we go when he sends us, not out of fear and worry about what it looks like to other people, our performance. Well, our garden is a mess and people are gonna see it. Let them see you sitting with Jesus. Let them see you walking with him, trusting in him. And he will produce in you just power, faith, love. And as it pours out of you, you'll know it's him. That's what I love most. (laughs) That's what I love most about being weak. We're all human. He he, He glories in taking the weak and using them because then all the glory belongs to him. I've said this so many times and I'll continue to say it always. When love pours out of me, it's like a supernatural care and love and concern for someone. I know it's him. There's not a second where I think, oh, wow, I've really grown in love. I'm real loving because I just know me. I know me and it's him. It's all him. And so I just get to be thankful. I get to stay in thankfulness and I get to, to be in awe of what he's doing and I just got to be a part of it and oh how he wants us to be a part of it so I just want to encourage you this is this is a morning of receiving if you have any doubt in your mind that God loves you and that he wants to pour out on you with power to heal with power to provide believe it believe it I want you to believe it this morning I want you all to say with me out loud he loves me Say it loud. He likes me. He likes you. He wants me. Say it. He chose me. He chose you. He he delights in showing himself strong on your behalf this morning. He delights to show himself strong on your behalf. He's not worried about your messes. He's also equally unconcerned with all the goodness you think you've done. Just so, just so we're clear. He's not, he's not a, he doesn't have the scales. He just loves you. He just delights in you. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Well, I'm just going to say, we have a couple little girls. They might all be the blonde ones. They are powerful little things. And the more powerful the girl is, the more their father seems to just, <laughs> it just makes him so happy to kind of have this powerful girl and they're 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 hand, they're handfuls sometimes all you know all of them but he delights in them and i'm watching these girls grow up 
under the delight of their father. They're not slow to ask for things. They're not, they, they, don't, they don't know limits of love. They, haven't, they don't try to earn his love. They don't try to prove themselves. They don't try to do something, be like, ta-da. Is it perfect? Is it perfect, Dad? They just are. They're just themselves. And he delights in them. He delights in them. And they, they just who they are ministers to me and has helped me to grow tremendously in the Father's love, in receiving the Father's love. So if you, if you grew up, if you never felt that, it's hard. It's a foreign concept to me, although my dad did delight in me. So I, 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 have a, I have a sense of it. But if you didn't grow up having that sense ever, really press into it. Press into it because it's true that he delights in you. And you, you don't earn it. So watching my daughters receive that from their dad, and they don't earn it at all. Trust me, I don't earn it. <laughs> they just are. And the bigger their personality is, kind of the the more they trust in that, the more he delights in them. It's kind of an ongoing thing. If they're timid and kind of like, oh, it inhibits the relationship a little bit. So this morning, I just want to encourage you to receive from heaven. He delights in you. He, he delights to pour himself out and show himself strong on our behalf this morning. Oh, that's why you weren't, you weren't jumping in there. You didn't have a mic. No, that's okay. Um, the only thing I wanted to say is, was spot on with I think what the Lord's doing here this morning, spot on. And as we were worshiping, I just kept hearing grace, 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 unmerited favor, grace, 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 unmerited favor. It, you, didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't, there's no merit in it other than because he loves you. That's it. Because he loves you. Because he decided. He decided. That's it. I'm choosing to love you. And we have a choice to make in response to that. Amen? Unmerited favor. The grace of God. The blood of Jesus. The resurrection. His love for us. Amen. Amen. All right, give some instructions. All right. Oh, I just want to I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time of worship. We praise you, Father, for grace. Father, we thank you that you've poured it out upon us, Father God. We walk in it. We bathe in it, Father God. We drown in your grace and in your love this morning. Father, have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We're going to move into a time of greeting. Um, it's just a time to encourage one another and say hello. During this time, if you're an ECF kid, head over to Kid Corner and get your sermon bag and your notes and a book. If you're a first-time guest and you have kids, head over to Kid Corner. Um, I'll be over there, uh, and we'll get your kiddos set up with some things uh, for the rest of service. Um, on the back of the seats, I haven't done this in a while. On the back of the seats, there's a connection card, prayer requests, praise reports. If it's your first time, please let us know that you're here. You don't have to give us all your info. You can. Um, we don't really use it. Um, we hold on to it in case you become a regular attender, then we have it. But um, give us, uh, just let us know that you were here um, because we enjoy that. We pray for you, and we're just excited to worship together with you. Those cards go in the offering buckets up here um, as well as your offering, tithes and offerings. Um, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I love to be a cheerful giver. 
sometimes I get a little, that's a lot. Not about tithes and offerings, but like he's a big tipper. Like, holy smokes. You know, like that's, that's a crazy percentage. And the Lord just reminds me, are you lacking anything? I'm doing the offering preaching too. There you go. Um, so be cheerful in what you're giving, you know, and just know that there's more. I tell my kids that all the time. Don't be stingy with the gum. You didn't buy it. I provide it. There's more. You need more, I'll buy more. If you need more, I'll buy more. Don't be stingy. With, share, share the gum with your sister. Don't be stingy. So there's more. There's always more. So offerings and ties and offerings, they come up during the break, and then we'll reconvene, and um, we'll just have some more of God's goodness. All right? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm going to do a few announcements. Um, first is we are having um, Wednesday night service again on um, July 7th, so this coming Wednesday at 630 to 8-ish. So I would encourage everyone to come to that because you're never going to regret coming because all we're doing is spending time with Jesus, and you're never going to regret that. And... Um, and also July 11th, we're going to have a guest speaker, um, Marilyn Neubauer, and have a little bit about her back there. But um, she focuses on the authority we have for personal healing. And she'll be bringing some books I know that people can pick up. And yeah, so you don't want to miss that. And also the connection card we've kind of already talked about. If you're a first-time guest, fill that out or... Um, if you won't have any prayer requests or praise reports, you can use that as well. So, yeah. Jeez. All right. How's everyone doing? Good. We missed you guys. Amen. I'll tell you what, it was, uh, I was talking to Jane. Where's Jane? Is she here? She's in the back. You know, when we, when I came in and she was, she was there and I greeted her when I first came in about 9.30 or so, uh, and we just hugged. And it was like, I th- think you said the word family. You said family. And that's just what God has been ministering to us over this month. The family of God. That this family that we have with you and you with us is a bond strong. In fact, I think I heard it on you guys said something a couple weeks back. Stronger than our skin color. Stronger than our nationality. Stronger than the country that we're from. Stronger than our political party. Stronger than all of it is family and the family of God. So we're just so grateful, so happy uh, to be back and to see you guys and to worship. Somebody didn't know we were coming back today. Somebody like, what are you guys doing here? We thought you guys were off for another couple weeks. I was like, well, if that's what you were thinking, like, I'm out of here. We're going to see you guys in a couple weeks. I'm just messing with you. Um, I do want to, I have a scripture for offering before uh, we have uh, uh, Jeremy come up and Jocelyn come up uh, as they begin to share. Thank you guys for taking care of the troops. Amen. And thank you, Sid and Andy and all the whole team of just taking care of business. They said, unless there's a real emergency, we're not going to, and Tammy and company, unless there's a real emergency, we're not going to call you. They won't call us unless it's a real, real emergency. How many phone calls we got? Zero. 
So whatever it was, everything was handled. You guys took care of it. And so we really, really appreciate that. Uh, and we've been, you know, take, I think they had mentioned we've been taking care of Jeremy and Jocelyn kind of on a weekly basis. But if you do want to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings, this would be the week to do it. Uh, you can just, you know, write on the offering envelope, which is in your seat uh, backs right in front of you. And you can slip it in the box on the, when you go on the way out uh, later. If you want to do anything for Jeremy and Jocelyn, just put it under special speaker. Uh, we'll make sure that they get that. Uh, but what I want to, I just have a scripture I want to talk about here uh, for offering. And it's the feeding of the thousands. And I just, the scripture really just popped out at me recently. And, you know, Jesus asked a question. This is the one in Mark in, in talking about the feeding of the 5,000. It was part of our scripture reading. Uh, he asked him, he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And then they found out and they said, five and two fish. Now, think of that just for a minute. There's thousands, 5,000 men is what the Bible says. So let's just estimate maybe 20,000 people. And they're all hungry. And what they find in their bank account, what they find in the natural is not enough. It's not enough. Five loaves, two fish in the natural does not feed 20,000 people. How many can say amen? We got that, right? Yes. Pastor Jason, you're speaking the truth <laughs> based on physics. and so just, That's just the way it is. But look what happens here. It says, then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the loaves and the fish, when they gave it to him, he asked, how many do you have? They went and collected them. And when they gave it to what? To him. When they gave it to him, not in their own strength, not in their own power, not in their own ideas, not in the next job search, not in any other way, but they gave it to him. They said, here, Jesus, you take it. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed, he broke the loaves, and he gave them to his disciples set before them. And he two fish he divided among them all. And so what? They all ate and were filled. Everyone. All of them. So let me just say a prayer over the offering. This is my encouragement to you today. Give it to Jesus. <laughs> you may look in your bank and say, it's not enough. Jesus says, trust me with your finances. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Put it in his hands, not in your own. His hands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are good and faithful, that you do the multiplication. Father, that all you're asking us to do is to put it in your hands. And so, Father, we put this offering in your hands. We put these tithes in your hands and say, Lord, use them as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Babe, you want to come up here before we invite uh, Jeremy and Jocelyn up? So, Pastor Jason asked me to come up. We have some testimonies, and we believe that testimonies stir up faith. They give glory to God. <clears throat> so, um, the first one I'm going to give actually uh, is involves this principle, God giving provision in the walking out. Um, and this has to do with finances. Our oldest daughter lives and dances ballet in Pittsburgh, and God has provided um, for that expense for two years. And coming in the second year, I said to her, I said, listen, you know, God has given us this portion that we, this, this portion of resources that we've been giving 
to you, but there's seven other kids coming up. And our second daughter is starting to take classes at Mercyhurst, and she's starting to apply for colleges. And I said, listen, I just really feel, and when I say really felt, I mean, this is like through prayer and stuff, I really feel like we need to start talking about how you can help provide for your own living. Um, if you don't know, dancing ballet is like a full-time thing. It's not, it's something that would be very difficult for her to get a job. It is the job. It's like trying to get in the NFL. There's millions of girls who want the positions and like the paid positions to dance ballet are like 30 in major cities. Like in each major city, maybe there's 30 hired and some of those are guys. So um, I didn't know what that was going to look like. She was, she just received it not with fear not with like panic, which was awesome. She's like, okay, you know, and we decide we're going to pray. We're going to let the Lord lead and we're going to seek provision, not from our storehouse. Um, and I didn't know what that looked like. So she began to be diligent in her part. She started, um, auditioning and going after paid positions and in the process of that, in talks with, uh, Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School, where she goes, they offered her a full-time scholarship for next year because they wanted her back. And they, they heard, like, listen, I can't come back because I got to get a job. I got to get paid. That's basically what we were kind of telling her. Well, they said, well, we want you back. So we're going we're gonna to offer you a full scholarship for your tuition here next year. And we rejoiced. We're like, whoa, this is awesome. That's about a third of what it was, requires for her to live down there. Two-thirds is living, is rent and all of those expenses. So um, we said, okay, you know, we set that on the shelf. We're like, Lord, thank you. This is awesome. This gives us options. And we continued to step. We continued to step forward. We had an appointment out in Fort Wayne Ballet. And me and her took a trip, and she went and auditioned for the company. And she was offered a position, but it was unpaid. So we're like, okay, you know, all right, there's that. You know, we put that on. I mean, that's an option. It's not a good one. It doesn't solve the problem or, you know, whatever, but praise God. And so um, her teachers down at PBT asked her to, to uh, enter a competition. Anna has never danced in a competition before. That is not her thing. Not her thing. Uh, she's just not into competition. That's not what she does. Well, because of COVID, I have reaped so many blessings from COVID. I know there's people suffering and it's been a pain in the neck for a lot of people, but I could sit here and have testimonies about how COVID has blessed my life. I won't, I won't go there, but there's a lot. I mean, blessing doesn't, God isn't, he's not limited by what limits the world. He's just not. Um, we can receive blessing in every circumstance. So because of COVID, it was a Zoom competition. So blessing that we don't have to travel to Florida. So she was very reluctant. She didn't want to do it. It involved a lot of, it stretched her. She had to do some things that she's not comfortable with, like um, align schedules with people, get permission to use the studio, ask people to help her. Ackermans. Ask people. Ackermans, let's ask people to help us. Um, but she did it. She did it. Um, she won first place in the uh, regional competition, the Pittsburgh area. That came with a nice check. I've never won a dollar. No, no, I, I said to her, I've never earned a single dollar through some skill that I have. So, I mean, we were rejoicing. I mean, jumping up and down, just so excited. Then she went on to nationals which it was uh, June 4th, our anniversary, 22 years. Um, we were at Waldemere, and she, it was all through Zoom. And I left Waldemere to go home and be with her during the uh, announcement of the, the place winners. She won third place in the national competition, 
which provided an even bigger check, about four times the size of the first check. And I'm telling you that the total between the scholarship and the two placements is the exact dollar amount that it costs for one year of her living and dancing in Pittsburgh to the dollar amount. And so as this is happening, all I keep thinking is the loaves and fishes. We don't know exactly how it's going to be provided for. And it's not like the Lord didn't speak to me and I had a vision of baskets of money or do this and it will come. There was not, I just was like, okay, uh, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. Let's walk in that direction. And we just continue to take a step. We continue to take a step. If you want to be real cynical about it, be like, well, we wasted a trip to Fort Wayne because, well, you must not have heard of God from, on that. No, we had a great trip at Fort Wayne. We were blessed to go. That's not the path that it was provided in, but we were blessed to go. She did great. You know what I mean? Like it was just a wonderful, there was blessing in it. So provision comes in the walking out. I think, and I was listening as you read, before he prayed, before it was multiplied, they began seating people in order to distribute. They sat them down in a way that to distribute food before there was food to distribute. They took a step. They took a step. They were anticipating the miracle. They were anticipating the provision. So um, you didn't know I was going to share that testimony. It just tied in with this. I mean, we have eight kids. We know what it means to, to have to take steps and to trust God with finances. Um, and he's never let us down. There's always more. He always provides in the most outrageous and wonderful ways, in ways that only he gets the glory. Um, and we've never lacked for anything by his grace and goodness and his provision and because he does what he says. Um, okay. So in the month of June, we have lots of testimonies. Um, we went on a trip to Lancaster, our whole family to sight and sound theater. Now this is a dream. We've never gone anywhere, all 10 of us, because it costs a fortune to feed them. And then after you feed eight of them, 20 minutes later, they have to go to the bathroom. Every 10 minutes, a new one has to go and you're out somewhere and you got to just keep finding bathrooms. You make friends wherever you go because you need to use their bathroom. Um, so we've never gone on a big family vacation and I always wanted to, I was like, Oh, Oh, you know, if we had a regular number of kids, we'd be able to like do regular things, but we don't. And we don't. So I got my wish, right? We went on a big family vacation. I'm good now. I'm good. (laughs) It was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. I think the kids had a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of, um, memories that were made. Um, but this trip, this trip was, Someone had blessed us financially, um, specifically like, hey, just do something with your family. And as soon as that money came in, Jason and I, being ever practical, wanted to do something for our family like update a bathroom that is in great need of updating. Probably hasn't been updated since like 1970 or something. That's what we would normally do with that. Like we have a beautiful property. We have a pool. It's like let's vacation in the backyard. We're going to redo this bathroom. Um, But I knew... I knew what the Lord wanted. And as soon as sight and sound came up, I knew we got to book this trip. It's hard for us to spend money on a trip because you can't touch it later. You can't look at it. Like, it's just hard. Um, But I knew, and you knew, God wanted this trip. And so we booked the trip. It all happened very quickly. It was exciting. We're going to do this. And the morning of, we wake up, and I come out of the bedroom, and Jason's standing there with Noel, and Noel's like... Mm. he's like, she's got a fever. And I look at her, I go and feel her. She is, she's burning up. And I just, I looked at him and I said, well, either we missed it and we weren't supposed to book the trip 
or this is the trip that God wants us to go on, and this fever is not allowed to intrude. Those are the only two options. Either the fever dictates my belief that, ooh, I think we maybe made a mistake, and even though I thought that we were supposed to go on this trip, maybe we need to cancel it and not go because she has a fever, or am I certain that God authored this trip? And to be honest, I didn't have to try. I knew because I knew how badly I wanted to redo the bathroom. I'm not just being honest. I knew how badly I didn't want to take 10 kids in a car, or not 10, feels like 10, nine kids, including him. I didn't want to take, oh, if we have to stop on a trip, it's because of him every time. Because of, yeah, well, he always drinks a big coffee, and an hour later, I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> anyway, um, I knew me, like I knew that God authored this trip, and I was walking in obedience to book the trip and to do the trip in the first place. And so I said to him, I said, we're just going to pray. And we laid hands on her, and I just stood on what I knew, 100% faith. I wasn't trying to believe. I, I knew. And that was my prayer. Lord, I thank you that you have prepared this trip for us. You are the author of this trip. And because you've authored the trip, we will only receive what you have for us in this trip which is only good things, only blessing. So the fever, it must go in the name of Jesus. Satan, you will not steal our joy. That was our theme for June, is nothing's going to steal our joy. We need joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We were tired. We were weary. We needed strength. We need joy. So the fever's got to go in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It was simple. It was quiet. It was real matter-of-fact. And then I moved on, kept taking steps. Well, and he, you know, was like, well, what are we going to do? I was like, well, keep packing. We're going. And I, I, without exaggeration, within 30 minutes, the girl was running around. Where am I sitting? Where's my seat? Can I take my pillow? Where's my stuffy? No fever. She had no fever. A fever didn't come later. She was not sick. No sickness whatsoever. None. None. Because we stood on God's, we stood on what God had said, on what he did, um, on what he authored. We really stood on the authorship of that trip um, and that he's just good. Uh, so when I pray during church, when I pray during worship, Lord, give me eyes to see. In that moment, I could see. I saw clearly. What, did I need to pray the fever out like you need to go? Or do I need to, you know, I don't know. I just could see. I knew. So fast forward, Tuesday morning, we wake up in the hotel, and uh, my gyrus is talking to his dad about how itchy his eye is and watery. Jason's like, go, go see your mom. He walks across the hotel room. He looks at me. It's itchy, watery, and pink. I was like, okay. I was like, go wash your hands, and then come here. <laughs> so he goes, wash his hands, come here. I said, let's go. We're just going to pray for him. I prayed the same exact prayer, only this time I told pink eye, you will not steal our joy this is a, this is a, this is not from the father's hand. And so we don't, we're not dealing with, we're not receiving it. No, here it is. No, we say, go away in Jesus name. So we prayed the prayer. I instructed him, don't touch your eye. If you have to itch it, you know, go around, you know, nobody touched Jai's pillow and we moved on. The pink eye cleared up within a couple hours. It was a non-issue. He never got pink eye. It never came full born. It didn't spread. It went away. Later that night, we are, you know, on our trip. We're at a walking park. It's a nice path. It goes by a creek. And we went there. There's a playground and a pavilion. We picked up pizzas. 
We get out of the van, and this guy is like limping. And I'm like, what's the matter with you? It's like, I have a corn on my foot, and it didn't bother me earlier, but we, we were walking all day at little shops and stuff. This was at night. He's like, I can barely walk. He's like, it hurts. He's like, Liz, it hurts so bad. It's like the pain is like radiating up my leg. He's like, I can barely walk. And I just almost, at this point, I almost just laughed because my faith had just grown. I was just like, huh, it's really funny that suddenly you can't walk when we're at a walking park by the creek and it's all pretty and here we are all together. I was like, this is ridiculous. Everyone gather around your dad, we're gonna pray. I prayed the same prayer, only this time I just commanded the pain to go in Jesus' name. Like, God, you're the author of this trip. We just, we just slid right under his authority, right under his authorship. And we'll only receive from the Father's hands. That's it. You know, not today, Satan. No. And when I was done praying, he said to me, he's like, Liz, I kid you not, the pain is gone. Immediately gone. And we were standing on the walking path. It was immediately or not at all. I mean, it, it was, we needed it right then. And the pain was gone. So three healing testimonies over the course of this trip. Our faith was built up. I mean, I was just so excited because I'll be honest, man, I've prayed fervent prayers looking for results. And sometimes I didn't see results because I wasn't really believing. I wanted it. I was hoping for it. I wanted it. Want is a strong thing, but faith is a lot stronger. Knowing, knowing, like knowing and being, having clear vision. That's not from God. I'm not having that. So last testimony, biggest one. We are, um, on Tuesday, we were driving the, we drove the big LCA van. It's a 12-passenger Ford Transit. It's in great shape, but like 37,000 miles. Like, it's a lovely van. So thankful that we get to use that for trips. Um, so we, we were in that van. We heard a little rattling in the back on Tuesday night. Didn't know what it was. Uh, Jason was like, oh, I'll tell Uncle Don, have him take a look at it. And so we're driving back to Erie. It's like a five-hour drive, and it starts downpour, just a downpour. And so he hydroplanes and regains control easily. Like, it was not a big deal. But he's like, Liz, there's something wrong. He's like, I can't tell if I'm hydroplaning or if, or if there's something wrong. He's like, this is so weird. And I can sense the concern in him. And I was like, let's pray. So he prayed out loud. Just, Lord, there's a, you know, give us wisdom. Show us what to do here. There's a problem. Um, now I want to point something out. We didn't deny that there was a problem. I never said she doesn't have a fever. He doesn't have pink eye. Your foot doesn't hurt. There's no problem with the, there's no problem with the van. I didn't deny the problem. I took the problem to the Lord and said, what do I do with this? That fever, you throw that sucker out. That's not from me. You know, the problem with the van, you know, it didn't just immediately disappear. So, I mean, we prayed prayed out loud. I, I would love to like write a book or do a sermon. The Lord is just teaching me. It would be called out loud. There is power in speaking out loud. And that's coming from a head prayer. And I like the pray, pray without ceasing. I do that, man. I'm always talking up there. Um, but there is something, there is power when you pray out loud. So prayed out loud and he pulled over to the left. We're on the Pennsylvania turnpike, pulled over to the left like in the middle there, and there was a cop there. He wasn't helpful. He didn't even come out of the car to check on us. But he got out of the car, and he walked around the car. He's like, it looks okay, Liz. Everything looks okay. And he got back in the car, and I said, okay. I said, well, then let's just, let's get back on the road, and, and let's just see what happens. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. 
I said, and before he pulled out, I said to him, I was like, listen, the Holy Spirit just told me, remember the mouse. So this is a testimony within a testimony. I'll try to keep it short. Jason was out of town at a youth retreat. And there was a mouse in the house. It was in the mobile home. And it came out and actually looked at me and then like ran away. And I don't do vermin. Okay? I don't do vermin. So I'm like, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, well, if your dad was there, would you ask him to take care of it? I was like, yeah, but my dad's not here. He's like, why don't you ask me to take care of it? I was like, okay, Lord, will you please take care of the mouse? So I go and I set a mouse trap because, you know, hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, I go and I set a mouse trap. That I can do. Peanut, I've seen him do it. Peanut butter mouse trap. I set it there. And then I go back to my movie. Kids are in bed. Go back to my movie and I sit there for five full minutes and I worry about the mouse. Where is the mouse? What if the mouse is crawling on the kids because it can get under the doors? And what if it gets in the playpen with the baby? And I have no idea what's going on in the movie. And I mean, good six, seven, eight minutes pass, but I'm trusting in the Lord, right? I say I'm trusting the Lord. I've asked the Lord to take care of it, but I'm sitting there and find the Holy Spirit being good. Um, Liz, do you want me to take care of it or not? Like, are you going to are you going to let it go? You want me to do it? And I was just, I knew, I knew immediately what he meant. I was like, okay, yeah, you do it. You take care of the mouse. Lord, I trust, I think I said it out loud, Lord, I trust you with the mouse. I'm not going to think about the mouse anymore. The mouse is yours. You take care of it. And I focused in, worked so hard to pay attention to that movie. I think it was about Laura Ingalls Wilder biography or something like that. Focus in. Within four minutes, that mouse trap snapped and the mouse was taken care of. But I had to let it go. I had to put it in his hands. It wasn't a joint effort. It's not a joint effort. My part is to believe and to cast. That's my part. Um, so back, I said to him, I said, remember the mouse. I was like, have you prayed and asked the Lord to, to, to you know, we're protected? Have you asked him to take care of whatever the problem is that we can't see? Yes. Then it's his problem now. That's what I kept saying. This is his problem now. We're safe. This car is his problem now. So we drive literally like what? a quarter of a mile. He's like, I got to pull over again. So he pulls over to the right. We get out of the car. We walk around the car. Everything looks fine. He lays on the ground and looks under the car. You know, I don't do vermin. He doesn't do mechanics, but whatever. We got eyes. So we're looking. We just, again, out loud, Lord, we just trust you. Tell us what to do. Show us what to do. We're walking it out. Gosh, I didn't even let Jeremy get up here yet. Um, I gotta hurry up. So, uh, he says, I know. He says, Liz, you get in the car. I want you to feel it. So I get in the car. I drive 15 seconds. I was like, there's something wrong with this car. To be honest, I thought maybe he was just fearful. I thought maybe he was like so. just being a little wiggy in his mind because he hydroplaned. I honestly thought that, but no, no, there's something wrong with the car. Out loud, I begin praying the spirit because it's scary when you're driving like I was doing 55 and it's like, like it was scary. Kids are all in the back, like holding on. I was like, Lord, I thank you that we are safe. I, out loud, I thank you that we are safe. I thank you that we are protected. I thank you that this problem is in your hands, is not in our hands. Give us wisdom. Father, I need wisdom in the name of Jesus. Tell us what to do, where to go. Tell us what to do. I mean, almost immediate. We're going to get off at the next exit. A red truck comes, and he's waving like a madman out his window. And he pulls up way in front, and we pull behind him. I said, this is the Lord. The dude that got out, he was awesome, but... If I didn't know that it was the Lord, I may have been a little like, like, okay, is this dude okay? Like, you know, he was a little, he wasn't rough, but he was a little rough. And so he came out and he's just like, uh, your tire's about to fall off. You can't drive. Your tire's about to fall off. You can't drive. I'll get my tools. <laughs> he goes in his truck. He comes back. 
it starts pouring down rain, and we are three and a half feet off the white line on the turnpike because there's nowhere else that we can't move over. So um, it starts pouring down rain, and his name was Robert. Robert investigated, and he comes around the back of the van, and he shows us two of the lug nuts were completely sheared off. The other three lug nuts were backing out. They were loose. They were just like wobbling there. The whole tire was about to fall off. So our plan of we'll get off at the next exit, which was within sight, was obviously a little too far. And the Lord sent Robert. So he tightened up the remaining three lug nuts. They were safe enough to drive on. Tightened up the lug nuts on the other side. And so um, we blessed him. And we thanked him. He's like, oh, you don't have to do that. We gave him a Pentecostal handshake. Y'all know what that is. So just a little bit of love in the hand. And you, yeah. Um, he's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And then this guy started getting emotional. I do have to do it because you pulled over. You saved my family. If that tire would have fallen off, I, I don't want to think of what would have happened. And I said, to, we said, you know, we were praying and God sent you. You might not know him, but he knows you. You may not have known it, but you were answering the call of God to protect and to help this family. We prayed for him. He did not know what to do with us. It wasn't, it wasn't a quiet prayer. It wasn't a quiet prayer. It was emotional, and it was, I mean, we were blessing him and walked through the salvation message in the prayer. And when we got done, he was just kind of like, ooh. Then I opened the van doors, and all the kids are in there. I was like, children. Will you all please say thank you to Mr. Robert for helping our family? Thank you, Mr. Robert. His eyes were misty. He's like, what are y'all doing to me? We're like, you just need to know that you were a part of answering prayer today. You were a part of saving a family today. And what the enemy meant for, tr for utter tragedy, I mean, the enemy has schemes, y'all. He is to blame for cancer. He is to blame for death. It's him. It's him. It's not because God's word is faulty. It's not because God's word isn't true. It's not because you're faulty. It's because the devil is a liar and he is ugly. He's crafty and he hates us because we look like Jesus, because we glorify Jesus. So what God meant for evil, the Lord turned around and not only did our family not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. But Robert had a date with eternity. So we continue to pray for Robert. We sent him off. So ha, ha, ha on you, devil. The kingdom, the kingdom is going to expand. No matter his plans, no matter what kind of sickness, no matter what COVID, what cancer, what bills unpaid by three months, the more desperate the situation, the more the, more the dancing and the rejoicing is, when God shows himself strong on our behalf, which he delights to do, bringing it back full circle. All right. Are there any other testimonies? I'm going to tell you, that was just by June, like June 6th. That was the first six days of June. Jeremy, Jocelyn, you better get up here. I want to hear. I want to hear. Y'all got to come up. I want to hear. God who delivers us from all our troubles. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks, man. Glory to God. I love it. I, I, man, we have some similar testimonies to, to that wheel, uh, one almost exactly like their wheel testimony. I won't 
get into it, but I just know, praise God, God is real. Everybody say he's real. Turn to somebody around you and say he's real. Thank you, Jesus. We're not here just with some philosophy that was invented by men, but we serve a God who invented men. Amen? And uh, thank God he's on our side. He bails us out. I've been so honored to be with you guys. Thank you, Pastor Jason, Pastor Liz, uh, for, you know, just the honor to be here. They could have done it so many different ways. They could have filled it with different people, their break, but they entrusted Jocelyn and I with the whole five weeks, and we consider that an honor, and we were blessed to do it. And uh, thank God, I believe God orchestrated it. I've been encouraged. I've grown in faith. How many have grown in faith during this time? Good. Amen. Uh, God is good. We can trust him. Amen. We can rely upon him. And uh, I just love it. I really believe God put it together. Jason had said it was on his heart in June to, to focus on faith. And that's something that's a big part of our ministry. It's something that we you know, I can't do everything Jason could do, but I, I love teaching on faith, you know. So I believe this is how the body of Christ works together, that we were able to come in and do what we do. That's all we could do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I want to go to the book of Matthew this morning, and we're going to lay hands on the sick after we teach just for a moment here. Happy July 4th, everybody. Uh, no matter what your politics are as a Christian, you need to be thankful that you're in a country where we could do this. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Uh, a place where we could be uh, free, praise God, to preach the word. How many know God likes that? Amen. He favors that. That's something we need to, whatever your politics are, you could just thank God this morning. Thank God I'm in a country where we could worship him freely, where we could serve him openly. Amen. Where we can talk about him in public. I've been to places where that wasn't the case. Amen. I've been to places I've taught in Bible schools where there was young people who had done time. Done time. Just for nothing more than going out and telling people about Jesus. Like, aren't you glad that we're not, none of us are going to do any time for what, we, what we're doing here this morning. Nothing more than just trying to serve God and ended up locked up, you know. Thank God we're in a, free, in a place where, where we're free to do that and... And I uh, thank God that the United States isn't the only place, but we could thank God that the place where we live, amen, we're free to worship God. We're free to do that. Amen. Happy July 4th. So <laughs> Matthew chapter 14, and on the first day with you guys, I believe it was my first service, I, I read out of this passage, and we're going to close with this passage on this series on faith. And let's start Matthew 14, uh, verse 25. And I'm, I'm going to be reading out of the King James. I'm going old school. This, uh, I just happened to be using one of my dad's old Bibles this morning. And it says, In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Aren't you glad it's always God's will for us not to be afraid? Amen. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. And when, Peter, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Amen. Well, we'll stop there for a minute. So we could kind of see here that Peter didn't have to doubt. Jesus was kind of surprised 
that Peter doubted. I love that. You know, he wasn't, uh, Jesus was so, you know, he had such high expectations for the disciples, man. I mean, he didn't like, you know, he didn't dumb it down for him or anything. I like this with Peter. He didn't say, now, Peter, I understand. Nobody else has ever walked on water. This is a big thing. I understand how you missed it. You know, you did pretty good. You were out there for a little while. <laughs> you know, I don't know that Jesus could be like a good, like, grade school teacher here in 2021, you know. And, he, you know, he did not like, he just was like, why did you doubt, you know, like, he didn't fa fail to recognize that besides him, that's the only other human being that's ever walked on water, you know, that we know of, right, but he's like, you could have kept walking, Peter, you know, I love it, I love it, he like, he, you know, he had high expectations, he believed that Peter was up to the challenge, he didn't pander him, amen, so, anyways, but, you know, we started off with this, that we see with Peter, he, he sees Jesus walking on the water, and I love this story because Peter didn't have to walk on the water. Somebody say amen. It wasn't an emergency. Miracles aren't just for emergencies. Thank God when we have emergencies, that's, you know, that we can have a miracle. Praise God. You could have a miracle when there's other options. Somebody say amen. Peter could have stayed in the boat. He didn't have to get out. He didn't need a miracle. He just wanted one. Man I, man, I could preach on that. You could have a miracle just because you want one, praise God. Amen. And so, he, you know, this kind of idea comes in sometimes. Well, when you've done everything you could do naturally, and when you've, you know, explored every option and exhausted every natural possibility, then, you know, we look to God because, you know, he makes up the difference when, when we've done everything we can. And I believe that you could find plenty of scripture that goes against that. Here, Peter is a great example. He did not have to get out of the boat. But listen, it's better outside on the water with Jesus. How many have found that? And you know, there's no boat that's safer than being where Jesus is. He was safer out there on the water with Jesus than he was in the boat. But the thing that I, I brought out in that first service, and I want to bring again here to, uh, this morning... Is that Peter said he realized that he wanted to walk on water. Jesus was walking on water. He said, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Master, if that's you, give me the word. Peter recognized that the secret to walking on water, the secret to stepping out into the miraculous was the word of Jesus or the word of God. And praise God. So he realized if, I, if I'm going to do this supernatural thing, if I'm going to step outside of the limits of this world, if I'm going to overcome the limitations of this world, there's just one thing I need, and that's the word of God. That's all I need. If I have that, I know that I can do whatever Jesus says I could do. I know that whatever he says is going to come to pass. There's nothing that could keep it from coming to pass. It's impossible for it not to come to pass. He said, Jesus, if you just give me the word, I will be out there walking on the water just like you. Amen. You can trust the word of God. Everybody say, I can trust the word. And so we see this as a secret. We see it was earlier, uh, not a secret, but a key. We see this was earlier in, in Peter's life when Jesus said unto him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said, you know, I've labored and I've toiled all night long, but nevertheless, at thy word. Everybody say, at thy word. And he acted on the words of Jesus. And God, of course, watches over his word to perform it. Peter caught so much fish that the nets were breaking and the boats were sinking. He remembered that. He sees Jesus walking on the water and he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And we see Jesus himself 
depended on the word when it came to overcoming the enemy. When the enemy came and tempted Jesus, how did he answer him? He didn't say, well, you know, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit's telling me. He didn't say, well, I'm the Messiah and this is what I say. He said, it is written. And that's Jesus. Amen. Everybody say it is written. So you could trust the word of God. But we want to go a little further with this today. So we see Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. Verse 29, I want to look at real carefully. Verse 29, and he said, come. And Peter was come down out of the boat. He walked on water to go to Jesus. NIV says Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. Very simple little phrase, but there's a whole lot in there. Peter got down out of the boat, one, two, and he walked on water. Jesus gives the word. He says, come on, Peter. Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. Do you realize that Peter began to act like a water walker before he had ever walked on water? Amen. Because people who don't walk on water don't get down out of the boat. Amen. <laughs> you keep yourself in the boat if you don't walk on water. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, come on, Peter. Jesus gave the word. And the Bible tells us Peter began to act like, he, like what Jesus said was true. Peter began to act like what Jesus said was going to come to pass. Before he had ever walked on water, before he felt what it was like to walk on water, before he felt that miracle and the power of God, he'd never experienced it before, but he began to act like he was going to experience it. Amen. And there is no evidence that Peter had anything more than the words of Jesus between that time when Jesus spoke and Peter was walking on water. Man, that's a long trip. Have you ever taken that trip of faith? It's a long trip from the boat to the surface of the water. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That walk of faith. That like when your mind, the, that period where you're fighting the good fight of faith. Where your mind is trying to tell you you're crazy. You don't, you, don't, you don't know anybody who's done this. Nobody else has ever done this. Everybody else is staying in the boat. Look back at all your friends. They're not getting out of the boat. <laughs> do you know, what, why do you, what makes you think that you could get out there with Jesus? Come on now, this is the stuff that the enemy uses against all of us, right? What makes you think? Well, why are you so special that you think you could get out there where Jesus is? Are you sure? This is foolish. You're going to bring reproach. You know, you can't, this is crazy. This is too radical. Just stay in the boat. It's a long trip, man. That get down out of the boat is a long trip. Long trip between the boat and walking on the water, man. There's a lot that took place in that Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. How do you know? Because I've been there. I've taken that trip before. Maybe not walking on water, but I'm taking it in other ways of acting my faith. Amen. Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. You know, it doesn't say that Jesus, you know, one, he just asked for the word. And it doesn't, and he didn't say, Lord, if you want me to walk on water, pick me up and put me out there on the water. Lord, if you want me to walk on water, give me an anointing so I know I could walk on water. You know, he just said, speak the word. And then he just acted on the word of God. You could do that. Everybody say, I could do that. Peter got down out of the boat and he began to walk on water. Praise God. Act like the word of God is true. 
we started off in the beginning. The scripture that we used throughout these weeks was, was whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And we said, whatever problem you have, it's of this world. It's not in heaven. It's in this world. Amen. And this is the victory that overcomes every problem, even our faith. Whatever your problem is in this world, the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is based on the word of God. So ask yourself, what does the word of God say about this situation? What does it say about healing? What does it say about the financial need? What does it say about this mental illness that I'm facing? You know, we're, well, hey, the Bible says a lot about joy. It says a lot about peace. If you're tormented in your mind, you don't have peace. But Jesus could bring peace, amen. The chastisement that brought us peace, brought us peace was upon him. And then act on that. So Peter... Whatever the word says about you, Jesus said, Peter, come on, come walk on water. And Peter began to act like he was exactly who Jesus said he was. Peter began to act like he could do everything Jesus said he could do. Peter began to act like what Jesus said about his life was the truth and not all the limitations and the experiences or his past. He began to act like what Jesus said about him was who he was. When Jesus said, come... Peter, Jesus was putting, Jesus was calling Peter a water walker. Jesus was saying, Peter, you're the kind of person that, that uh, walks outside of the limitations and boundaries of this world. Jesus was saying, Peter, you're the kind of person that walks in the impossible. And Peter had a choice. Everybody said, everybody said Peter had a choice. Faith is always a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not, it's not, you know, goosebumps. I'm telling you, man, you could, you could be in faith and your whole body feels like fear and doubt. Are you hearing me? <laughs> it's not a feeling. Jairus comes to Jesus. He says, my daughter's at home sick. Not the present company, but you know. So <laughs> the Bible, the namesake. The, and he says, uh, my daughter's at home sick. Jesus says, I'll come lay hands on her and she'll live. They start going to his house. On the way, the woman with the issue of blood interrupts the whole, pro, pro, you know, interrupts the whole plan. I love that story because she's not on the agenda, you know. <laughs> Praise God, man. She's not like, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. She feels power go into her. She's made whole in her body. Praise God, she's healed. And, and then they continue on to Jairus' house and, and servants come from the house. And they say, don't trouble the master any longer. The girl's not sick. She's dead. She's passed. Horrible situation. You know, how unfair. It seems like, you know, things were going well. He had gotten to Jesus, who was, you know, a pretty famous preacher at the time, having crowds of 20,000 and things. And he's personally has Jesus coming to his house. That in itself had to be some kind of feat, you know. And so it seems like everything's going to be okay at this moment. That Jesus is coming to his house. Jesus Christ is coming to his house to pray for the Messiah. And then on the way, this bad news comes. Have you ever been there, you know? Seemed like everything was going to be all right. And just the overwhelming news of his daughter having passed. Just all the circumstances of the, you know, the roller coaster of emotions he must have been going through. With, you know, the excitement of Jesus coming. And then it falls through. And then this. And then... At that moment, Jesus says this. And how, how many of you have read the story before? Jesus says, don't fear, only believe. What does that tell me? Faith is a choice. Jairus had a choice. Jairus didn't have to doubt. He didn't have to believe either. 
It wasn't some kind of destiny that was set that there was, you know, there was no avoiding it or it couldn't be changed. Jesus said, here's the choices. You could fear or you can believe. And he, and he admonishes him, don't fear, only believe. Amen. Do that. And Jairus did. And they continued to the house. Jairus could have said, no, forget it, you know. So they go to the house. But that tells me faith is a choice. Everybody say it again. Say, faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. Jairus couldn't have felt good at that moment. It's not some, it's not some irresistible force that comes over you where it's impossible to doubt. It's a choice. Amen. It's not something that you have or you don't have. Uh, yeah, he had it, but he had to use it. He had to make a choice to use it at that time. Amen. Don't fear, only believe. That's Peter. Jesus says, come on, Peter. Walk on the water. And at that time, Peter had a choice to believe what Jesus said about him, to believe who Jesus said he was, or to just stay in the boat and just stay with his friends. You know, I always think, I, I say this, I don't know that I would have been Peter. I don't know that I would have been the first person. I would like to be. I always want to be Peter, man. I always want to be the person out there, you know, like doing what no other person has ever done before besides Jesus. Man, that's an exciting place to be. But I really hope I would have at least been number two or three, you know. Like after Peter's out there on the water, come on, man. Like everybody else still stayed in the boat, you know. So, but I would really like to be one of those other people. But Peter, he made the decision and the Bible says Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. Before you walk on water, you got to get down out of the boat. Amen? What does that mean? You've got to act like the Bible's true. You can do this. Act like what Jesus said is true, even if you've never experienced it. Even if you don't know what, even if it's never happened to you before. Peter didn't know what it felt like to walk on water. He didn't know exactly how it was going to happen. He just believed that it was impossible for God's word to fail. He certainly didn't understand the physics. We don't understand. How did that happen? We don't know how it happened. We just know it happened. We know it had to happen after Jesus said it and Peter acted on it. Amen. Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water. Praise God. Amen. And that's the thing is that get, getting down out of the boat and we all have to do it. Thank God his grace is sufficient for us to do it. But we could get down out of the boat and act like the word of God is true. Act like who God says you are, you are. Act like he's honest. Act, and then what Peter expected is, is he expected the power of God to meet him when he hit that, the surface of that water. The reason he got out the, down, the reason that he was excited is he because he knew something was going to happen. He'd seen God do it before. He knew something was going to happen. Amen. How many of you know that God, it, we're never disappointed. God never fails to do what he said he would do. Amen. I've had times where it says, man, it seems like it didn't happen like I thought. But then we go back and we examine and it's always on our end. It's always something that needs to be adjusted on our end and he'll help us with that. Amen. But thank God on God's end, he always does what he said he would do. He always watches over his word to perform it. He's honest and you could count on him. Amen. I just wanted to share with you that for a couple minutes because we won't take long because we're going to lay hands on the sick. Is there anybody who would like to prayer for healing this morning? Raise your hand. All right, we see people around. Praise God. Going to give just a couple thoughts. Uh, one brother came up to me um, right before the service and he said, "Listen, we, we've been you know we've been stirred up in these services. We've we've 
been stirred up about healing. We've been standing on the word and things are already changing. He says, you know, how does that, how does that work with us coming forward and getting prayed for? I'd like to explain it this way. You know, I'm not negating your prayer by me praying for you. I'm not saying, you know, my prayers work and yours don't. Nothing like that. You're already praying. It's just an opportunity for me to come into agreement with you. Amen. I like to say it this way. The train's already going. I'm just going to get on and ride with you. Amen. I'll get on. You'll stop at my station. I'll get on and we'll ride together. Praise God. And it doesn't discount any of your prayers. It doesn't discount, you know, anything that you're doing. I'm not saying that what you're doing doesn't count and what I'm doing counts. It's just an opportunity for us to come together in agreement. Amen. If any two of you shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. Let's agree together that you're healed. Let's agree together that sickness has to go. Let's agree together that, that the devil has no hold on you and his power is broken because of the blood of Jesus. And whatever needs to change has to change and it's impossible for it not to in Jesus' name. We'll agree together on that. Amen. Another thing, I'll just simply ask when you come forward for prayer, what can I pray with you about? Now, you could answer that by just saying healing. You know, if you don't want to get into it, that's fine. Or just give me a short answer. Just like, it's this, it's whatever, it's, it's cancer, it's arthritis. And by saying that, you're not saying I have it and you're not making ownership of it. We'll agree on that. You're not saying, you know, I'm sick or making a bad confession. You're just simply identifying something that's coming against you. Amen. Something that we need to take authority over. It's not, we're not saying it's yours. We're not saying that, you know, you're not, you're not receiving it as we say. And that's a pretty good term. We used to say that a lot back in days gone by. I don't receive that, you know. There's a, it's kind of like one minister described it as uh, when you get a package, you used to have to sign for packages. Sometimes you do, not as much anymore. Usually there's a pile of them when you get home, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> waiting at the door, hope the, hope the porch pirates don't get them, you know. So, but you used to have to sign and that was the deal. The devil comes with a package to your door, just don't sign for it. Amen. Don't sign for it. I don't receive it. I don't want it. That's not mine. Jesus bore mine. That's not mine. You take it somewhere else. Amen. So when you're saying, hey, pray for me about this, you're not saying it's mine. I'm agreeing with you on that. I'm identifying that. You're just saying this is coming against me. And, and we'll say together, no, nope, we're not having it. We resist it together. We're taking authority over it together. We're telling it to leave together. Amen. Praise God. Has that helped you? Clarify some things. That's how you, how you could get prayed for, even when you're standing in faith yourself. And maybe you're here and you're saying, man, I don't know about that. I haven't prayed about anything. I, I don't really, you know, I, this is all new to me. I don't know that much about it. That's all right. I'll believe for you. Amen. <laughs> I'll, I'll believe God. And, you know, you might be saying, I don't know about this stuff. I'm not sure. I can tell you this. Nobody who's ever come up in a healing line in one of my services left worse than when they came up. Amen. <laughs> Not one person <laughs> so in, in, in 18 years. So you've really got nothing to lose. Amen. It's a very low risk procedure. Praise God. <laughs> the laying on of hands. Amen. Nobody's ever come up and left worse. Praise God. But there have been people that have left better. Amen. There have been left people that have been left healed. I was just this past Friday. I was in, uh, I, I went to an ox roast in, uh, it was Friday, yeah, it was Friday, an ox roast in Mesopotamia, Ohio. 
I'd never been there before. Apparently they've been doing it 40 some years. A friend told me about it, woke up that morning. And uh, I, I had a lot to do, been busy, you know, like all of us, right? And I prayed, Lord, should I even go to this? And, and I just felt to go. Well, we went, we actually had a great time as a family. We met a skunk for the first time in my life. There was a guy with a, walking through with a pet skunk. That was one of my highlights. But <laughs> maybe the best highlight was I'm walking, Cohen and I were together, Jocelyn was somewhere else, and this lady catches up to us at a booth, and she's out of breath, and she says, you know, uh, she says, I've been, I've been watching your live streams on Facebook. And she said, uh, you know, you, you were, years ago, you prayed for me in a service. I came up and my ankle was messed up and she was in pain and she was limping and it was throbbing. And she said, you prayed for me. The pain instantly left. I walked away from the, from the healing line and I wasn't limping anymore. I was walking normal. Then Jocelyn prayed for her and had a word over her and prophesied some things to her. And she said, now recently she was diagnosed with a disease. And she said, and I've been wanting you to pray for me because, you know, you prayed those years ago. And I was trying to think, how is this going to happen? And she says, here we are at this ox roast and I see you walk by, you know, amen, just re- amen. And I said, sister, I believe that this was orchestrated. I would believe that this was of the Lord. And we prayed for her right there in the midst of that. But we, and we believe, praise God, she's waiting for a test. You know, sometimes that's the case. You got to have some kind of test or some kind of scan. Well, just get down out of the boat and expect the power of God will meet you. Amen. Just act like the good reports coming and believe God that it will. Amen. So we're agreeing for her for a good report. But she came up in a healing line with a twisted ankle or whatever it was, with some kind of ankle problems that it really, it was more than twisted ankle because it had been something that had gone on for a long time. I don't remember exactly, but she kind of limped up and walked away normal. Amen. Praise God. Never saw somebody come up normal and limp away. Amen. <laughs> um, just right here in this room, we've seen a lot of things. I love the story of the woman who was healed. She was in the back row. We had people right in their seats. She had uh, broken her arm. Uh, just a li- short time before, and, the, and it was really swollen, so the doctors couldn't put a cast on it yet. And, and they, she just had an ace bandage wrapped around it in excruciating pain in the service. And she held it up the whole service just to try to keep it from throbbing. And we just prayed for people in their seats. Um, this is a few years ago. She was right back here, I believe, and, and just commanded healing to come. And instantly all the swelling went down. The ace bandage fell loose. Amen. She went to the doctor. They said she didn't need surgery. They thought they were going to have to do surgery. Just the, we have it on YouTube. The, her ace bandage was just hanging loose. And then she could move it. I mean, just full range of movement. A real bad break, you know. Praise God. Jesus does those kind of things. Amen. Seen canceled surgery. Seen, I mean, I've, I've forgotten so many things. This woman that came up to me. In, uh, the, at the ox roast. I didn't even remember. Thank, I didn't even remember her story. Thank God, you know. But God did it. I mean, more things than I could remember he did. And he's here to do it today. Amen? Amen. Everybody say he's here to do it today. I, I prayed for a, a girl one time. She had all kinds of scar tissue around her knee from surgery. You could feel it. Scar tissue just vanished and full range of movement was restored. Amen. Prayed for that. I uh, prayed for a we prayed for a woman in, I'm thinking of so many stories. Which one? What's that? Candy. All right. Praise God. I didn't share that during these services yet? All right. We were, we were in Des Moines, Iowa, and it was a Sunday night service. This is one that really stands out to me. And this woman came in, and it bears repeating, even if I shared it with you. A woman came in who had had a stroke uh, three years earlier, and and. She had been prayed for many times. It might have been four years. She'd been prayed for many times over the years. And really severe. I mean, she had, you know, just been 
uh, you know, limited range of movement and, and memory loss. And she had 95% nerve damage and she was scheduled for a surgery because her, there was so much nerve damage in her digestive system that they were going to have to do some kind of surgery, you know, from, uh, from the stroke. And so we prayed for her on a Sunday night and she's, she was, there was a little bit of a difference. She noticed things different. She could move a little better. Her sight was a little better. She was like pointing out people on the front row. Yeah, I could see these people over here. And she was like, you know, we were able to communicate with her better. Her speech was better. And um, what's that? Memory started to come back. Maybe it wasn't that long. That it, Maybe it wasn't years. It was a shorter amount of time. But it, it had, had a severe stroke. And so we prayed for her on a Sunday night at a church in Des Moines. And then Monday... We started a meeting in a rented hall with another evangelist. So um, I said, God's doing something in your body. Would you come back um, tomorrow night and testify? She said, well, I can't drive. I said, who'd give her a ride? And a woman volunteered and said, she'd bring her. I said, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. She walks in Monday night and she's totally, totally normal, totally healed. She's walking normal. Her speech is normal. She, you know, her, her, you know, she's, she's just, her sight is normal. She comes in and testifies. We're shouting the victory. Amen. Now, not only that, but she was, had a perfectly timed doctor's appointment. Praise God. So pray for her Sunday night. She had a doctor's appointment Monday morning, goes into the doctor. He tests her. She goes from 95% nerve damage to 0.01 nerve damage. Amen. Overnight, he cancels the surgery, you know, on, uh, for her digestive system. He's the doctor. He's so excited. The doctor calls her pastor, amen, to tell her that he was a believer, to tell her about this miracle that took place. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Amen. That sounds like Jesus. That sounds like your Jesus. That sounds like your Savior. That sounds like your healer. Not just somebody else's. That's not just what he's done for somebody else. That's what he does for you. Amen. Yeah, the devil's a liar. Liz said it. He's the one. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not. But to steal, kill, and destroy. Aren't you glad that's not the end of the story? Stealing, killing, and destroying is not the end of the story. Because the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the story didn't end with stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus said the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Healing is life. Deliverance is life. Freedom from addiction is life. Having your needs met is life. That's the kind of life that Jesus died for you to have. Amen. And that's what we're doing today. Is we're just acting our faith in that. Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So we'll act on that. Just like, just like Peter when he got down out of the boat acted on Jesus saying, come on Peter, come with me. So if you'd like hands laid on you for healing, would you come forward now and we'll just line up across the front. Jocelyn and I will pray for you. Amen. <clears throat> And you could tell me, you know, if it's something specific you want us to put our faith on with you. Or you could just say healing. And we'll just agree with you for healing. Amen. Whatever it is. And we'll believe God. And you say, I've been believing God that he would, he'd move in my body. I've been believing God. I've been seeing a difference. I'm believing God already. Okay, we're not going to negate any of that. Amen. We believe it's working. Amen. We're just going to join with you. We're going to join with you. Amen. 
All right. Praise God. Good, good. Yeah, the worship team, they knew what to do. All right. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Amen. I'll start down on this end and we'll move down. We're going to get to everybody. Those of you in your seats, would you just agree with us? Amen. Just agree that as we pray for these up here, it's going to be like Peter walking, getting down out of the boat. The power of God will meet this act of faith. Amen. The power of God will meet this act of faith because we're acting on his word. Praise God. I didn't invent the healing ministry. I didn't invent the laying on of hands. Amen. I didn't come up with this idea and say, wouldn't this be cool? I got it from the Bible. Amen. And God's the author of that. So we believe that he's here to make it good. Praise God. Amen.
I'm telling you, there's an anointing for healing up here. Do not miss it. Don't go home with what you came with if you don't want it. If you don't want it to go home with you, then come up. Unless you're friends with what it is, unless you want to go home with it, then come up. Because he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Worship yeah, team, anybody, you can drop an instrument. On the worship team, absolutely. Yeah. You can you can lay it down yeah. and you can come get prayer. Let's let's all uh let's all thank God for what he's done in this place together real quick. Praise him and give him glory. You may be seated, amen. You may be seated. If anybody needs to come up, like Pastor Liz said, we'll be happy to pray with you. Thank you guys for sticking with us. I know this is the 4th of July. How many believe it was worth it? Amen. Oh, Hallelujah. Who already, real quick, says something changed? I know a lot of people already left. Says something's different. Brother Rich, what happened? What's different? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I want to, let's rejoice with him. Amen. Man, I want to take a Pentecostal run on that one. That's good. Amen. Somebody else just says something's different. Something changed during prayer. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, amen. You already got the mic. So, amen. yeah, my, my shoulder has been, my left shoulder has been a ton of pain almost all of June. And actually, it was better before you even got to me. Somebody else said that. Somebody, Yeah, this sister here, yeah. said, she said you came up for a few things. Some of them were already gone that's by the right. time I got oh, to her. Let's, that sounds like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who else says, yeah, something changed? Hold your hand up. Something's different in my body. Yeah, yeah, sister, what happened? Yeah. Amen. Let's rejoice with her. Hallelujah. Now here, this always, this always makes it a little easier. I won't ask anybody else to say anything, but how many just by raising your hand as a testimony say, I'm changed. Something's different in my body. Raise your hand. Or yeah, amen. Let's rejoice with these people. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen, if you're here, maybe you need a test. You wouldn't even know today if something was different. Just, just get down out of the boat. Just go rejoicing. Say, Lord, I thank you when hands were laid on me. Your power's in working in my body. I thank you that it's done. Amen. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know, it changed a little bit or I don't know if it changed or not. I, I don't have time, but I can tell you so many stories of people that if you just saw them in the service, I shared some during this month, you know, during the faith. If you saw them in the service, you'd say, you know, it doesn't look like anything changed. And then we hear later on, something started at that moment. Amen. That, you know, I get the letters or the emails and, you know, I, I run into them in an ox roast and they're like, I was healed. Amen. You know, so just go out of here and just go thanking God, rejoicing by faith. Amen. And we're rejoicing with you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, altar call. I just altar call. Yeah. Amen. Just if there's anybody here or watching online, uh, you know, I couldn't do this. These people that raise their hands all over the place. I, I, I take no credit for this. Jesus is the healer. Amen. Oh, I'm honored for the for the the ability to work with him and for the, the, the adventure of working with him. How about you? Amen. It's, it's a great life to work with Jesus, but he's the healer. He's the deliverer, amen? He's the one who sets free, and he's the savior. Savior of the sinner, amen? And the church isn't a works program. The church isn't, you know, a balance of have you done right or wrong, and then how, that's where you end up in your standing. But he did everything right on behalf of those of us who did everything wrong, amen? So we could have the life in this life and the life to come of somebody who did everything right. 
Isn't that what heaven is, amen? So that we could have the life of someone who did everything right, praise God. That's what Jesus bought for us. If you're here today and you don't know if you're a Christian or if you're watching on streaming line, on live stream and you don't know what your standing is with God, you can know Jesus bought you peace with God by his blood. Amen. And if that's you here today and you say, yes, I need to be a Christian. I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. I've never done it or I'm not even sure. Well, then let me pray with you today. Is that anybody in this place, in this room? Raise your hand if that's you, anybody. No, it's good to be saved. If there's anybody watching online, we want to make sure we pray with them. Amen. Can we all pray together? I'm going to pray a simple prayer and just repeat after me. If you believe it in your heart, if, it's, if you agree with it, repeat after me and let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me a new creature. Forgive me of my sins. Make me part of your family. Jesus, you've already chosen me. Today I choose you. I accept you, Jesus. And you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, man, God is so good. Amen. So faithful. I'll tell you what, we talked about this earlier that we're going to do a freedom service on July 4th. How many of you know you just attended a freedom service? A freedom service where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom in this place. So again, if you want to bless above and beyond uh, Reverend Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall, just you can fill something out in your offering envelope and just stick it in the box, which is the left of the door right out there as you leave. And I'm just going to read a benediction here and uh, send you off on your holiday picnics and whatever else you guys might have in store today. It's out of Hebrews. It says this. Now may the God of peace who brought you up, our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you, he is working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Happy 4th of July. You are dismissed. Love you guys.